0: Uh, see, I got to start working on funny shit. It's like, I've given up on comedy for a while. It's kind of hard because we're living in a dark world right now, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's, how can you there's be no, there's funny? Not a lot to be,
1: yeah, there's not a lot to laugh about right now.
0: Yeah, so... I mean, that is unironically funny in itself. But I, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know, I got to get back to working on that. So anyways, I've just resorted to drinking... And, uh, that's kind of cool because it's like the, you don't have to worry about times. It's not like, it's now socially appropriate to start drinking for breakfast. You can replace your coffee with, with, with alcohol. So,
1: yeah. Uh, And I've actually switched to a nighttime schedule. Like I've been trying so hard to wake up in the morning. It makes no damn sense. So what I do now is I just reverse my schedule. So instead of going to bed at 9 PM, I go to bed at 9 AM yeah i and mean everything is done at night and it makes no difference and i'm way more it's, productive. it's hot in
0: the day it's sunny mm-hmm. and i mean that's we yeah. don't want that there's people other people doing things and we don't really yeah just yeah just become a hermit crab is
1: exactly it's and the, the best time thing I ever for need the to the out. exactly and the only time i need to go out is to go get food anyway so that doesn't matter
0: well i'm excited to do this once again because it's been a few weeks yes. so what's going on guys welcome to this episode of uncovered cinema i'm brian staying safe and cozy in los angeles
1: i'm will having a grand old time over here in orlando florida missing disney
0: yeah oh both of us huh yeah disney's closed over here too oh hopefully things things are starting to look better they said like end of may things will be opening up so that's optimistic because i have a trip at the beginning of june so (laughs) hopefully i'll be able to go on to it if not you know yeah i don't know hopefully things are refundable
1: yeah i'm still worried about that though i really hope that they're not opening things up too soon for public safety but at the same time people need to get working so i get that but i'm i'm worried about it
0: yeah no i think it's this is the the way of life for now on it we're gonna be living in front of with with masks on for the next few years at least and I, I think probably it's a good thing you know china that's kind of been a social standard is is wearing masks for a long time and it's not just coronavirus. there's all this other stuff that people have and they especially with how, how we demand the american lifestyle to be it's it's very uh it's pressuring you know mm-hmm. so to be out mm-hmm. there and to be working and everything so uh i i don't necessarily think it's a bad thing everyone's been really creative and finding new ways to wear their masks and and yeah fashion forward ways to create them
1: yeah absolutely
0: well today we're going to be doing something a little bit different we have been following movies before mm-hmm. and doing in-depth analysis of the movies and the people that create them and then for a while we've been following netflix which we're we're still kind of on that track because as you know there's no movies coming out right now which is weird. It's actually weird that you've seen like uh, commercials have been all void of any movies and theaters coming out. That's just that's it's kind of eerie.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. And if you look at all the advertising done on YouTube, nobody's doing any marketing for any movies coming up because why should they? <laughs> they don't have to. They just have to say it's going to be releasing on a certain day, especially during this pandemic. And it's going to get right out there. The only places that are really making money right now are the drive in theaters
0: yeah drive-in theaters are coming back now that's so exciting they're super coming back i love driving theaters going in growing up as a kid like throwing all your blankets in the back of a truck and just like a Mm -hmm. big old family dog pile that's great so i'm happy they're coming back now
1: yeah i really hope that this whole pandemic thing really the the good that we can get out of it is the love of drive-ins again because when we lost that, it's like America lost part of its soul. <laughs> yeah, really. Like you Yeah, know? you're right.
0: Because America is like it's all about those American cars and the mm-hmm. and you know, we used to be very, you know, muscle car culture. You know, the yeah, very all about that and, and, yeah. oriented. And now like now we don't even show love to Detroit anymore. You know? It's like no, a, dude. I don't even make cars <laughs> there anymore. It's all foreign.
1: Yeah, dude. And then um, a couple years ago when I lived in DC, I used to go down to this drive in theater that was about an hour hour and a half away from my house probably once a week and eh, once every two weeks and um i thought it was wonderful because everybody in the small little town would go to the drive-in theaters on friday and saturday nights and then the people that work at the theaters are all like high school kids like just getting their first summer job they know yeah. who you are after i was going there for a few weeks like hey what's up will i'm like wow <laughs> said dudes <laughs> yeah yeah that's neat and then it makes it a
0: fun experience and mm-hmm. yeah well uh of course i live in a, you know i live in a small town so I, i'm getting that anyways because our our movie our movie theaters close at 7 30. Mm-hmm. can you believe that
1: that's crazy like <laughs> i never lived Dude. in a
0: city where all the movie theaters close by like eight if it's done like
1: yeah that's 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 crazy man i'm usually ex- like thinking the last letting in of a movie right might be around like 10 o'clock right yeah especially <laughs> on a weekday like, like midnight
0: <laughs> working in retail like if you yeah. you don't have weekends off you get you know a weekday off so that's the, mm-hmm. and you you know you gotta wait till you put the kids a bit because that's like the you know the thing parents do that's all we get to look forward to as parents is to get away and, yep. and watch a movie when, when everybody's falling asleep you know yeah but anyways today we are talking uh or instead we we're gonna choose a person and we're gonna uh, start walking through the career so hopefully you know we ha- we can span a wider range of cinema and and we can almost look at it by decades and go through mm-hmm. i think it's gonna be fun because we're gonna be able to go through yeah. and see how they've improved their their and their skill as it were yeah and and, and so I... we really didn't choose we didn't we didn't specify what type of position they would have in just as long as they're in the yep. film industry even actor uh mm-hmm. director, what DP or whatever you want.
1: Yeah. I can't wait to be excited or surprised by <laughs> what random stuff we might find in people's uh IMDB profiles.
0: Yeah. And and not can't waiting to be excited <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ <Marcus. laughs> And speaking about waiting to be excited, uh, that was one of the geez. things that we we challenged each other is we weren't gonna tell each other who's Uh, person that we picked so uh, unfortunately if we pick the same person then we don't have content for two weeks now but if we did then (laughs) if we didn't then uh we're gonna move on with it for the next two weeks so uh Mm -hmm. with that
1: who did you pick i didn't pick a person i actually picked a movie (laughs) i know i went against the rules a little bit but i wanted to really find out who directed and wrote change is uh, scary it's okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But I want to see who uh, directed uh, Speed Racer. It's my favorite movie of all time. I've said it I don't know how many damn times. I love this movie. It's awful in most people's opinions. And I I love it. Yeah. Uh, so I looked it up and it turns out it's actually the Wachowski sisters that wrote it. The people who wrote The Matrix. Sisters? Wachowski yes, yes. sisters. Lana and Lily Wachowski. Obviously, I wanted to do something like,
0: like the icon. But I... Also wanted to like work our way up to it. You know, I didn't want to like go mm-hmm. for the biggest, the biggest one yet. So like I, I was, I, I have didn't an interest think I in going like,
1: for a big one. Martin Scorsese. And stuff. And st- oh yeah. That's,
0: that's <laughs> the fun thing about it too, is that you, you learn all the different things that they did. <laughs> I didn't want to pick like Martin Scorsese yet and stuff, but that I eventually yeah. someday I want to get into it. And within oh, the yeah. podcast, I want to go
1: through his early work, man. So bad.
0: Dive deep into it and just, just live there for an hour, you know? Yeah. But uh, for mm-hmm. me, I picked uh Barry Sonnenfeld. Sonnenfeld goodness another Very strong Jewish Seinenf- name seinfeld <laughs> Sonnenfeld and uh Sonnenfeld. He, he's one of the one of the directors of uh all three of men in black
1: oh and uh, okay, one of my cool. m- one
0: of our most recent that I love with the series is a series of unfortunate events oh he directed that too yeah
1: yeah so that's oh, dude. Uh, he's a- oh yeah okay okay I'm out it's it's yes. weird. You Let's never just say hear yes. the names of a lot of these guys, or at least don't remember them, I and mean, they turn out to have so much talent. <laughs>
0: yeah, so much yeah, talent. amazing. And uh, so, before I jump into him, though, I mean, uh, we we obviously got to diverge in the, the our paths here and figure out which one we want to go with this week. Yeah. So, um, what do you want to go with?
1: <laughs> uh, I think we're gonna have to flip a coin on that one. Good.
0: Buddy. Okay. Uh, once again, I'm going to have to trust you because I'm too broke to own a coin. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Coin time, peoples. Oh, shit. Wait. Whose heads, whose tails? <laughs> That's cheating. <laughs> I call a recount. <laughs>
0: All right. Do you want heads or tails? Uh, tails.
1: Shit fell on the ground, it's Tells. Oh, God. <laughs> Why? <Sucker>. <laughs> Sucky. <laughs>
0: so what can be said about Barry Sonnefeld? Uh, he's diverse. So he's film, He's a director, producer, and cinematographer. He worked on one of the Coen brothers' very first movies that came out. And he's, he's kind of been a staple in the industry, bouncing back and forth through a lot of major movies with Steven Spielberg and uh, um, mm-hmm. directing alongside like Will Smith for for years. But, uh, you know, I, I see the name pop up once in a while, but I've never actually given him attention. That's why I kind of, that's w- one of the reasons I chose him for this episode yeah. is because I wanted the opportunity to learn a little bit more about him. But yeah, I mean, you, you see the name pop up, especially when you watch like, mm-hmm. for me, um, Men in Black is, is was kind of an iconic movie.
1: Yeah. Just oh, because he
0: didn't really have anything like that you know before that time
1: that's what got me interested in um sci-fi actually was men in black nice as a kid it it I, before that i kind of uh, a little bit but it didn't really interest me but the fact that there was agents controlling an alien organ or an earth organization registering aliens coming to the planet just blew my mind
0: right it was just uh something completely new like we and uh, you hadn't seen anything like it, but then mm-hmm. you know we've for years. Uh, not to go down the rabbit hole, but for decades, people have talked about the men in black that you know run mm-hmm. the faceless name of an organization that keeps everyone quiet. But uh, let's not go there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the reasons that I found him interesting was that he started his career actually by filming porn, directing porn. What? Yeah, so that's kind of crazy. Like well, the story is like he had saved up some money and bought a super expensive cinematography camera style mm-hmm. camera and like he decided like you know I spent all this money and you know by the end of the day I mean you know, he doesn't work at the industry at the time but at the end of the day I can at least say I'm a cameraman and that I have my yeah. own camera and it's a very good quality camera and and you know I'm that that's the way he broke into the industry is just by having the equipment and maybe not really knowing how to use it quite yet, but uh, at least you know, it. he was good. He had, he had it there. Yeah. yeah. And so that was one of the first gigs he got hired for was directing nine back-to-back feature films in the porn industry and, uh, and it paid for snap. the camera. So that's kind of <laughs> cool.
1: <laughs> oh so my was, God.
0: <laughs> his first gig paid for the camera. But then, as a result, though he never wanted to do porn again. Like I think he's—he said something. He got a little bit traumatized from it because uh, there's, you know,
1: yeah, I can imagine
0: seeing double penetrations and and there's there's parts of the body that don't need to be shown under a bright light, you know, <laughs> especially stick a camera <laughs> underneath there, underneath yeah. underneath the hood to see what's going on. So, <laughs> uh, that that was his like first and last stint in it. But that's kind of cool that. It's not very often you see people start in porn and then work their way up. Like usually that's 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 the bar. Yeah, that's the bar where is they sitting on a bar. And
1: finished. <laughs> <laughs> my um funny enough though, my lighting professor at my uh, film school started in porn. And um well, not just started, he also does porn actively on the side. He lights for it. Oh, lights! I'm glad you specified. For. That was my next question. Lights for. <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he lights big uh, porn movies. Um, one of them was the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, porn version. Yes, one of the better porns. Yes. <laughs> one of the yes, best ones. Yes. He was the gaffer on that, and yeah, it, it yeah. blew my dang mind when I found out. I was like, no. He's <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, how? He's like well let me show you (laughs) well the thing is like i don't know you think
0: maybe back then the the bar to get into porn what you think would be lower like their production values lower and everything Mm -hmm. and and it's and it's also considered like a smut industry so it's easy to get in it's easy way to break yourself into the film Mm -hmm. industry but now is not the case i think the the, the standard and quality that they have for porn. I mean, they're even making virtual reality porn. The virtual reality is, is fueling <laughs> the porn and like, because they're the ones that are using it. We're not making virtual yeah. reality feature films right now. There's no such no, thing as it, but there is porn. If you want to see a, an orgy going on and you want to look at every fucking direction of the room, you can actually do that right now. You can't do that in feature films.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I think um, if you really notice the more expensive, high-end porns they really do put a lot of money into the lighting and into all the different aspects of it because they want to put out a good feature that people are willing to pay money for yeah totally. <laughs> and <laughs> it's so it's funny. it's crazy it's crazy and i know a lot of guys who have worked one at some point in time and um they all do it and they all say the same thing they did it because it's good money it's really good money so if you want to get into the industry and you just can't make a break anywhere else and somebody offers you a break working in a porn
0: that might be your new career. Money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just don't take the position of the guy that has to mop up all the cum. Oh afterwards. god. That's, that's a PA. <laughs> you don't want to be a PA on those <laughs> cuz he okay. did briefly mention Get that they lighting. had a, in, in in the earlier times when this was like a budget thing that they they didn't have a guy to mop up the cum and so it was part of the, uh, a role that had to be fulfilled by people oh, that were on no. the production now i don't know as a director i would i would like to like no, I would... lay title and like hey i'm not cleaning up that cum but <laughs> i mean <laughs> it's it's not no <laughs> it's, like, i guess you gotta have some standards
1: <laughs> god that's 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 bad that's well, very bad
0: one of the things that's interesting too is you know as a cinematographer his, his name uh sonnefeld is I might be butchering it, like um, unfortunately, but is is uh, German for I believe it's German for field of light. So Sonnen oh, cool. is light and in the, in the field, obviously. But so that's kind of cool. It's kind of like and and then so growing up as I'm reading here, his, his dad was actually a, a light guy, not in the film industry, but just uh, sold lights as a light salesman. So that's kind of it's kind of almost like predestined that mm-hmm. that he was going into this industry as a lighter uh, as a a cinematographer creating the the visuals of of movies and uh so one of the uh let's jump into the the filmography here it shows one of the first ones that he directed was the 1991 adams family awesome movie oh really another tricky one to light too because that's what we're doing with the dark
1: yeah they wanted to go with the dark um theme but also comedy that's yeah which
0: as we've talked about before is you know in scary movies it's tough Mm -hmm. it's it's harder to light um
1: yep much harder to light in
0: scary movies okay so we have uh get shorty okay uh that's with uh john travolta and uh danny devito wow Danny, i haven't seen this this is from 1995 i gotta go back and watch this this is pretty cool so the filmography for him starts off in 1991 uh Wild Wild
1: West. Okay, now people don't like Wild whoa, Wild West. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> he directed Wild Wild West? Let's go
0: back here. Uh, directed and produced. Holy yeah. and
1: shit. <laughs> a lot of people don't like Wild Wild West. Why am uh, I peeking? God damn it. I <laughs> love Wild Wild West.
0: Still peaking. Motherfucker.
1: Why are you peeking?
0: <laughs> I have no idea. It's like I, and I can't even hear myself at this point. It's so fucking low. Okay, back it up. Okay, a lot of people don't like Wild Wild West. They say it was a horrible Will Smith has has gone on record saying that this is one of his biggest regrets in acting is taking this movie. But I like it. I I still watch it. I actually just rewatched it. I don't know. There's something about a brother being a cowboy and then all the futuristic (laughs) things. And then also the guy who's capable, And he's like, you know, he's the main antagonist of the movie. And he's doing it with no (laughs) fucking legs which is awesome there's kind of like a hint towards like Forrest Gump in there too with like Mm -hmm. Sergeant Lieutenant Dan you know (laughs) yeah dude
1: Wild Wild West is one of my favorite like movies of all time it's a great movie one that you forget about easily but whenever you see it you're like oh man let's watch Wild Wild West that's the shit you get it you're like yeah like I'm ready to get in
0: the zone and just like do it it did win a a golden raspberry which I don't know what that is it was
1: a raspberry
0: oh (laughs) it won it for worst picture i'm sorry
1: (laughs) and worst director (laughs) that's awful (laughs) why are we doing this we're (laughs) tired oh my god why do why do those awards exist that is awful that is so well well, hopefully
0: it was it was given as a joke or something but yeah worst director and worst picture can't be too happy about that one especially when you start with like uh you know adam's family it's like it's a it's a oh gosh oh it's a movie that people still look back and watch but okay well after that uh directed men in black uh two uh so men in black first in 1997 and then wild wild west Mm -hmm. was in 99 and then uh we got men in black 2 and then they just did men in black 3 and and then uh we have men in black international as well he directed that one as well oh produced that one Produce produced that. it? Yeah, sorry. Actually, that was F. No, uh, and then produced uh, Men in Black International, which that just came out last year. So uh, that's Space a great Chimps. Movie. Uh, Both Space Chimps, you said? No, Space Chimps. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, holy crap. <laughs> space Chimps. <laughs> uh, okay, you know, but of course, uh, the one that I like is, is a series of unfortunate events. Have you seen Raising Arizona? No, I haven't. That's that's Okay. One of the first Cohen Brothers movies was Blood Simple. I, I haven't heard of that one. That was in 84. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so one of his first movies that helped him break into the industry from porn was okay. working on... You always have,
1: of- a good, have to have a good, hard, good movie if you're coming from porn.
0: Double entendre, yeah. <laughs> that's what makes... That's conveniently what makes a good porn is having a good, hard movie. <laughs> 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 yeah, but... <laughs> In this case, he be- he became known because he was uh, uh, given the camera to work on the first Coen Brothers movie, and uh, and that's kind of what he attributes the start of his success to. It wasn't because of the the, the booty flopping porns that were made. It was because of somebody <laughs> let him booty hold the camera, points. you know, and that and that that went on to the, conveniently that you know the Coen Brothers became a huge success, so he rode right up on with them on that one and uh one of the things that they that they do it's kind of where he developed this uh cinematic style of of cr- in including the ca- the camera as a character in the film so that has kind of gotten onto his ideology that he's taken through with all these films is that the camera is a character as well in this whole situation and because of that we can yeah. tell a story through perspective so you, we see a lot of like uh, of these m- tracking shots where we're in the first person view, uh, which is actually very similar to what, what we're working on. You're working on right now, um, with your, with your project mm-hmm. that you're doing. So, uh, is, is a lot of this first person narrative yeah. storytelling. A lot of,
1: yeah. I'm like right now it was a lot of experimental stuff that I'm doing that he was doing. And looking at cinematographers like that is re- reason why I'm doing a lot of the stuff I'm doing now.
0: Yeah. And so but, one, one of those has became his signature, and that's why he's been brought on to big movies such as this. So uh, one thing I, I, I've heard from them, from him many times is that he hates panning shots. So you never, mm-hmm. in any of his movies, see panning shots. And he also attributes that to, to his success in the industry. And, mm-hmm. and he blatantly calls out other films as as not being good because of the use of pan shots they 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 tend to be lazy um from the perspective of the cinematographer to just to pan over when you spend yeah. s- the cinematographer spends so much time framing a shot and putting it into the right view on camera and making sure everything looks perfect it's, it's just lazy to to have yeah. to pan over to it and, and fuck your shot up basically that you
1: yeah so you get on. a much better shot if you have it on a um a dolly much better shot plus uh you don't have to pan it you don't really have to worry about all that stuff and it brings the shot together so which explains why
0: i've been a shitty director because i love whip pans (laughs) just whip those motherfuckers as fast as you
1: can oh i hate whip pans (laughs) whip pans are oh so cringy and bad (laughs) oh they're so bad well that was that was the time i was
0: experimenting with like motion blur and trying to figure out how to blur (laughs) actually (laughs) actually we were just talking about this before the show we're both trying to get into like learning after effects a little bit better yeah and and that's kind of like one of the ways they hide their transitions is through fast pans but as i'm learning from you know the pros this is a great reason why we do this show is that's a very amateur move to make and it's also very lazy to do pan transitions
1: yeah when if just take a little bit extra time in after effects and do everything there <laughs> just take a of course, lot yeah. of extra time after in after you learn it,
0: especially at, at our age it takes twice as long because we have to
1: what oh, so how do so i do
0: the, the graphing the matting uh,
1: why is this <laughs> annoying me so much <laughs> right click right where's the, the right clicker I'm know. clicking on the thing. Last time I clicked on this thing, you let me do that thing. It's not letting me do that thing anymore. I don't no know more. why
0: I channeled my old energy for this one. But <laughs> that's how I feel like I'm going in my in my age as I'm getting there. Unfortunately, not wiser. I want to be there, but uh, yeah. So uh, I I recently was listening to a an interview from um, Barry Sonnenfeld, and mm-hmm. and I thought it was funny because he. I didn't know, but he directed the last half of the Goodfellas movie, and uh, I guess the the oh, wow. the art m- might have been cinematographer or something. He was in there some way working with the camera, and yeah. uh, because the other guy had, had had left, it was a German German uh, cinematographer, and it was a German okay. cinematographer that had left to go work on another shoot, so he got to fill in for this last half. And it, it was saying that like on the his first day of shooting was um oh uh Robert de Niro's last day and uh and that's so cool he's that's cool. working with they uh, who's the scorsese was the director mm-hmm. yeah so he's working they're they're reviewing the take right and so they're sitting in front of the monitor and um Robert de Niro keeps nudging scorsese and they keep looking back at him and laughing because he's he's behind you know cinematographer so he's got to watch shots and everything so yeah, they keep nudging each other, and he laugh. They're laughing at him under his breath, right? So then the next day, when Robert De Niro's offset now, and it's just it's just him and, and Scorsese. So like, why why do uh, why were you you guys were you making fun of me? And and Scorsese just like out and open about it. Yeah, we are making fun of you. He's like, well, why were you guys making fun of me? He's like, look at you. <laughs> so <laughs> I just because he's is he he's the like. He's friends with Jerry Seinfeld. Do we have to go any further than that? Don't make me say it anymore. (laughs) But I thought it was a funny story because it's kind of like, uh, if you kind of look, he's got a book out that's come out recently and it's called um, uh, Call Your Mother. And so like, I was just reading through a little bit of the introduction of it in in preparation for this show. And it's like, that's kind of characteristic of of his life. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. like of of being, of being like that stereotype and, and, and being picked on and having to, to fight his way through it pretty much all, all through through his position to get where he is now. So I, I find that I thought that was kind of funny and representative of everything that, that he's fought for.
1: Yeah, that is, that is pretty dang funny. <laughs> I love that story.
0: And then of course we love when like, yeah, when, when uh, we hear like story super celebrities are like bullies, <laughs> but
1: yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you expect? They're the popular kid.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was a huge movie, but I think, yeah, it'd be just in order to work on that one. Just to be Mm -hmm. in their presence, I think.
1: Yeah, I would love just to meet them at some point.
0: I don't... One time (laughs) I got to meet my... Well, I mean, current The... I guess he's everybody's super celebrity right now. He's one of the biggest celebrities. But I got to meet The Rock at the Olympia. (gasps) And that was pretty damn cool. That was like a a childhood i don't know
1: dream i don't want
0: to say childhood but yeah you feel like a child but yeah it was it was like a definitely a a defining moment that's that's pretty cool and and what's awesome what i thought was kind of funny is since it was at the olympia which is the you know the the super bowl of all the biggest and and baddest Mm -hmm. uh bodybuilders in the industry and this is this is their their main event of of the year yeah and when he stands next to them, I mean, he's a shrimp. So that I thought I always thought that was pretty funny because it's like he's a huge guy in real life. I mean, comparison mm-hmm. me staying next to him, is, he's big. But when he stands next to them, it's like their <laughs> his thigh is the size of their arms, you know. So it doesn't even it doesn't even Whoa. mesh.
1: <laughs> and he is such a big dude. That yeah, is insane. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, big. Yeah, he's big. He's not well. Not. I think that's one of the things in the movies that they try to you know portray is they like they don't have any other bigger people around him. But really, yeah, he's, yeah, he's not. I mean, what six six or something like that. but I don't know. Jeez, he's-
1: that that just blows my mind. I've never been to a big bodybuilding competition like that, so I can't really picture how big they are. But I've seen them on TV, and those fools look huge. And of course, with um, my pops always telling me about you know how big they are and show me videos and stuff but it's that's crazy yeah, dude it's
0: amazing <laughs> like i i have followed them online and i've watched the olympia from you know my uh from the internet for for several mm-hmm. years and i decided i'm just going to go for it it's in vegas it's a short drive for me and uh yeah it was awesome when i first year i just went to like the the booth you know the convention thing but i yeah. never actually went to the judging but after that i went to the judging and they've always said like you know, from pictures, it's hard to tell which guy stands out. But when you are there in person, they they shine above everybody else. And the, and so, you know, it's easy to pick mm-hmm. the Olympia. And I always thought that was bullshit because technology with our cameras are so amazing. You know, nowadays, like 20, 30 megapixels or whatever we do. But it it's true, though. Once you're actually there, you see them. It's like, oh, wow, this guy is way more polished than the other guy. But how come I don't see this on a damn camera? You know, it, it it's, doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, it's something
1: but, that the the lens just can't pick up.
0: Yeah, but so then when you see it, yeah, and then and then when you compare these super celebrities, that yeah, you think they're they're so big and bulky and stuff. But then now I'm just starting to think that's just Hollywood. That's just the way. <laughs> like maybe it's in his contract somewhere that nobody, you know, within six feet is super random. That explains why he works with Kevin Hart so much. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually. <laughs> But the smallest guy next to the biggest guy, it's going to make the bigger guy look really big and the smaller yeah. guy look really small. Yeah, exactly. But both of them, like, they make money off that. Kevin Hart makes money off being the small comedian, and The Rock makes money off being fucking huge.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it works. I mean, I, I think they're a great duo. They, uh, Central Intelligence, I thought that was a fucking Oh, yeah,
1: dude. Central Intelligence is amazing. <laughs> it's so funny.
0: Well, that's that's Barry Sonnefeld. So uh director, cinematographer, apparently mm-hmm. writer of a book now, Call Your Mother. It just came out, you can check that out. And then uh, multi talented. Yeah. Rewatch Men in Blacks. Uh, love all all of those movies. Um mm-hmm. and series of unfortunate events. I'm actually getting ready to start rewatch. It just ended like last year, so they, okay. the story finished. And Oh, uh, oh
1: it did. I only watched yeah. the first season. I never watched past that.
0: No, it's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm gonna go back and like I always like to go back and rewatch the things I really like, you know, and, mm-hmm. and try to pick up more clues as to, you know, now they know the whole story played out. I can yeah. pick up more clues to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it knowing the history of how he started, it it blows my mind. But it just shows you that if you're dedicated enough and you want to get into the industry enough, sacrifices might have to get paid, but. Yep. At least it's gonna to lead to good stuff because he went from being a cinematographer shooting porn, which is pretty hard to get out of, yeah, to you know directing will Smith. That's I mean pretty awesome. look at that huge jump, guys. You can yeah, do it if you want to do it. You just have to start wherever you're able to start at, and De Niro <laughs> and De Niro, oh yeah. dear God, De Niro. <laughs> yeah that's awesome and Scorsese oh dude I I, 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 I don't right? know I, <laughs> that's what I'm saying I would give anything to meet Scorsese
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> well thank you for listening to Uncovered Cinema check us out next week where we're going to be covering the, w- 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 the Wachowski
1: siblings the Wachowski sisters Matrix baby and the best <laughs> movie of all time Speed Racer
0: I'll stick with the matrix. <laughs> I'm sure there's, we're going to find that's kind of the cool thing about doing this though, is that we both didn't pick like huge icons. So now like we're actually no. getting an opportunity to learn more about them and in, in the, the techniques that they created, because I'm sure as we're going to find out next week, that the things that they learned in speed Racer are going to be moved over to the matrix and showed up in some way and, yeah. and contributed to their style that they make. I think that's, that's kind of the important thing bullet point here is like it's that these people have signatures even though we never Mm -hmm. knew it we didn't know who these people were and they're and they're i mean not the icons but would they have signatures and once we start talking about it we're like oh yeah that's yeah that makes first person view. yeah Yeah, that's
1: (laughs) yeah exactly and with like um the wachowskis i didn't realize that they're the ones that did speed racer so now i'm gonna look back at speed racer watch it again maybe look out for extra stuff that i didn't notice or didn't even think about noticing the first time yeah. Kind of like how you have to with The Matrix. So I'm very excited about looking into that a little bit more.
0: All right. Well, till next week, and then uh, we'll we'll find out more about it. You're going to have to hold your breath until then. Oh,
1: yes. Yes, hold your breath. <laughs> Let me know how that goes. <laughs> and then, we,
0: then we'll work our way out to the bigger ones. I, I think this is fun. I'm at, I'm having a good time doing this. All right. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. All
1: right. Thank you guys for coming. Toodles.